0: Hello, my meathead hippies. It's Emily Schraub. Thanks for jumping back into another podcast. I love doing these and I'm so happy you are here. I hope January is going well. I know I have so many people doing the Don't Overthink It program and the version one, version two MFit challenge. We have some really exciting, fun changes to our website happening. So we're just busy and excited and, you know, doing all the things. I think The thing I'm most excited about and I'm really grateful for, and this is also a non sponsored plug, I will be heading to Finland tomorrow with one of my favorite companies for Sigmatic, which is a mushroom company that I'm just in love with. Cordyceps, Chaga, Reishi. If you haven't gotten into mushrooms, I did a very quick little segment on Nine News, Denver Nine News, that you can find on my blog. So anything that you want to catch up on with podcasts I've been on, news segments I've been on, and just kind of in general, like word vomit of what Emily's up to is com slash blog. And you can kind of catch up and scroll down and see. But regardless, I am so stoked because one, when I first found Four Sigmatic, it was through an, an interview through Tarot years ago. It was one of his first interviews, I think. And I just was so impressed. And he talked about forging mushrooms and how imp- incredibly powerful they are for the body. If you think of like a force burning down and the first thing that comes to life, it's taking all these nutrients from the ground and it's a mushroom. And so when you implement that into your life, whether it's Lion's made for memory or even Alzheimer's, whether it is reishi to help calm down and stress, which is actually a part of the adrenal program I run or chaga for immunity, if you're getting sick, Cordyceps to help increase ATP production, which is just literally your cell's powerhouse, anything like that. For Sigmatic has made them delicious. So I will be in Finland, which means next week, I am not sure I will have a podcast finalized. But I think I'm going to give it my best to try to podcast them, but we'll see. We'll be in the middle of nowhere looking at Aurora Borealis. I'm just incredibly grateful. And if you haven't seen them, go try them. They're incredible. So that being said, today's podcast is with Anna Marie Frank she sent me a book stop bullying yourself and I thought it was very in alignment with what we are talking about in the don't overthink it program so some of the things that we we address that I think you're just going to love is just really one why we're so hard on ourselves how to reframe so for example saying something god this is hard but turn that into this is happening and changing the way our brain thinks understanding how we put so much out there that we think is just us expressing and communicating, but it actually is very negative And in this kind of victim role and learning how to slow down in the right moments, uh, there's just a lot of really great tidbits that I think you'll enjoy. So uh, the original, like first start of the podcast got a little bit feedbacky. It should be okay. We did our best to edit it out, but then we stopped and kind of recalibrated. So it does get a little bit better if it starts to, kind of get weird in your wherever you're listening to this. But regardless, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being such a listener and uh, supporting everything that's going on in the world of Emily Schramm. I am incredibly grateful for all of you. I will hopefully see you next week. And if not next week, uh, I'll do a little mini sewed and we'll be back on a full podcast schedule the following week. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Anna Marie Frank. It's wonderful to have you on the Head Hippie Podcast. The timing is perfect with everyone not overthinking things in this don't overthink it challenge and really understanding that so much of what we are struggling with starts with our own internal dialogue. So I am so thrilled to talk about your book and also just what you do. Thank you for coming on. Yes. Thank you for having me. Uh, So for starters, I want to just say, I think it's amazing because you just opened up a location. So you not only have a book and we're not just talking about things that you can do in your day-to-day life, but you also, as an entrepreneur, you've turned this into a brick and mortar and not just one, but three. So I just, for somebody that just did that, I have such mad props to you. I think that's so incredible.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know how much
0: work it goes into
1: all that. It's one thing to be like an online platform, and then a whole another to like show up every day <laughs> and have place for people to come to. But it it's
0: so rewarding uh, for you. Did you really? Was that the end vision? Just out of curiosity. Sorry, everybody. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this for a second because <laughs> I think this is so great. Did you know that that's what you wanted to do long term, or has it just kind of turned into a location and that's what it is now?
1: Um, Yeah, I think like from childhood, I always had this vision where I would have my own safe space for people to come to where I could help them feel better. Um, And so I think it's just evolved. It, It evolved into this, you know, and obviously life's taken me in many different directions, but I've ended up here. So, you know, sometimes I just think, you know, you think these things when you're a kid and then it's crazy when it like starts coming like true as as an adult. And it's not like I knew all the fine detail, but um, yes, I think ultimately my deep down, I
0: always wanted to have the safe space. I love it. I think when I talk to a lot of people about this purpose and who we are without work, that's kind of my favorite line. Like, who are you without work? It was something I listened to on a Design Matters podcast recently. I was just like how do we find that? We're so about output and, you know, constantly taking our value off of who we are to the public eye or who we are to our coworkers or who we are to our partners. But when you take all that away, it's like this kind of come to Jesus moment of like, wait, shit, who am I? What's my center? And I think that's so true. Is like, you always have to go back to what were you like when you were a kid? Like what, what did you love? What did you appreciate? What, what did your parents say you were like when you were a kid? I think it's such an important thing to just start to reference. Oh, for sure. Cause you can,
1: I mean, as you know, you get lost
0: in the day
1: to day and the to-do list and um, sometimes that can really take over. So it is that mindfulness and those moments of reflection and to say, you know, what am I really doing here? Who am I in this space? And um, you know, what's important to me? What are my values? And am I still, you know, work, you know, allowing those values to lead me <laughs> where I'm at and what's happening.
0: But yeah, I've been hearing values a lot. I was, uh, I've been all on the podcast train cause I've been tra- traveling a lot. It's my favorite thing to do. And, there was, um, an art of charm episode recently on values. And I'm just curious, I think I need to ask more and more people about this just so that it's in people's vision, right? When someone says like, what are your values? Do you have like set values that if you were if I was to ask you that, that you would have some off the top of your head. Uh yeah, for sure. My family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like literally before we
1: were doing this podcast, I literally ran up to my daughter's school, made sure I was there for 20 minutes and she saw me for this awards thing and ran back here and had 10 minutes to get on the podcast. So <laughs> <a> family first. <laughs> yeah, definitely family. Um, and then the other value is um like I wear this, this bracelet every day that says transform the world. Um, and I have like this value in just enlightening other people and helping other people raise up and feel, feel good inside. And I know that stems from, cause you know, obviously I wrote this book that I don't, I didn't always come from that past and beating myself up. And so, um, I always want people when they're in my presence, um, to leave feeling better than when they showed up,
0: and that's really an important value to me. So, I love that, and it's like so tangible too when you can feel that from somebody. And oh yeah, try to implement that into your day. It, it, I can't remember the context of this art of charm. I think it was really about it was on. Oh, it was about happiness. It was saying like, why are we so unhappy? And it's because we're not focusing on. We're just seeing happiness as this end goal versus. It's mm-hmm. just your daily values being implemented every single time you get a chance. So what you just said is perfectly in alignment with that. Um, okay, cool. So we got a great book to talk about and I just marked the heck out of it. And uh, I think it's just so funny the where I'm going to start. So this is called Stop Bullying Yourself and it's identify your inner bully, get out of your own way and enjoy greater health, wealth, happiness, and success. And so all things that are meathead hippie, you know, in health and wellness and trying to figure out why am I trying? Why am I self-sabotaging? Why do I doubt myself? Why am I afraid of failure? Right. And one of the best things right away, I mean, this is like page 11 you mentioned, and this reminded me of, I don't know if you've ever watched family guy, but it reminded me of a family guy episode of each person had like a theme song when they were walking and every every time they would walk, the theme song would start. And that's what you talk about. That's the first exercise is saying, like, if you right now in your moment, how you feel right now today, like what would the what song would be playing? And I think that's just brilliant. I I love it. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Cause it's like, you know, in in those times that you're feeling a little like down or funky, if you can just play an awesome song in your head, I mean, it totally can shift everything. But, you know, ultimately, I feel like, yeah, like I said, like, our life is like this awkward dance. Uh, Sometimes we are moving forward, sometimes we are moving back. And then it's like, and what's that song that's playing in your life as it's
0: transforming? (laughs) Yeah, because Um. it's Because if you want to be what you just said with your values, right? You have these values of family and helping people leave feeling better than how they came. How can you do that when your song is like, wah, wah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, exactly. What's crazy is like, literally that was my song for a, a long time was just that wah, wah. Like it was like, poor me. Oh, nothing works out for me. And I was like living this victim mentality. And, um, yeah, I had to really change that song in my head. And
0: (laughs) what are some ways that you, you know, obviously this book is packed with tools and ways to execute it, but just simply saying, if someone is in that mindset of, uh, what do you, kind of get somebody to first see when they're really ready to change that song, but they just don't even know how. Yeah.
1: Um, and the thing is, is it, it's changing. Um, it's never just one thing, but we have to, of course, you know, uh, don't, don't overthink it (laughs) and make it simple. So like some things that I started to do was, I mean, it, it, like and I had i I have past history where I had a really bad depression, right? Um, and so like those moments when you're feeling down and you're you're blaming everybody else, um some of the small things I did was like I would literally just change my focus um, of what I was thinking. so um I don't know if you know this, but you know we have our thoughts form in every one hundred and fifty milliseconds a wow. new a thought like it's crazy. We have like 70,000 thoughts each day. Um my 70,000 thoughts each day were like just a hot mess express, right? <laughs> so so like some of the things I did was um I would change like my focus, what I was thinking about, um turning on a good song, calling a friend. Um one of the biggest ones was making myself go outside and like take a few deep breaths and like look around. Like completely change, changing your scenery. It's so important because we live in this day to day. And when we're in that dark spot or things aren't going well, uh, we have to change like the things around us. So we have to change what we're seeing, who we're talking to, what we're listening to, what we're eating, how we're moving our bodies throughout the day. So it's, it's simplifying it to that, you know, to all these little things um, that add up and have this compound effect that really start to transform your life. And to understand, um, it's not going to change overnight, but how you feel will change literally within 150
0: milliseconds. (laughs) You can change the way you feel. (laughs) I love that. And it's perfect because you mentioned, you had a great example with um, Dr. Yeah, Colin Campbell, right? The scientist and how he, as much as I love supplements, there is such a flaw in the sense that we see a supplement that might make us feel good, like collagen. I'll just take that as an example. And we're like, okay, as much collagen as I can eat will help me feel less pain-free or more pain-free and I'll have great hair and nails and skin. But what so many people don't realize is how many cofactors are involved in collagen production. So whether it's vitamin C, um, whether it's just the absorption of like your gut health, all of these things tie into it. So The example you gave in the book about reductionism. So we say, like, here's an apple and here's a giant horse pill of vitamin C, (laughs) and how we assume that they're going to act the same in our body. So if we have an optimal digestion system and our body is functioning well, that apple will do so much more than just taking this capsule because it's one component, it's one little piece. And it's exactly what you just said. It's like, it's not just this, let me do this challenge and all of a sudden my life's going to be changed or let me start this workout program and everything's going to be changed or what you gave, like when I lose weight, I will be happy. It's like, we so easily want to just dial that in. What are some ways that you start to change that, that holistic that you talk about overall, instead of just picking one thing, which we as humans love to do, what are examples of ways that we can look at that big picture?
1: Yeah. So, um, I like to make lists. And one of the things is to just write down a list of tiny things that you can change that literally take like a second to change. So like, for example, and you're going to think I'm a little kooky, but it's okay. Um, so in the morning when I wake up, no matter what I stand up, My feet are firmly on the ground and I feel like the, the power of like my feet, like I can stand. I appreciate that. And I make myself smile and then I reach my hands above my head and then I touch my toes. So it's like literally making myself smile, I think is, is the key in that, especially when you're feeling down, because the thing is, is when you smile, right, you actually change the biochemistry in your body you can fake laugh, fake smile, all that, but it really does start to change the biochemistry in the body. Just like if you, um, I use this example when I give this talk. So like, say you're talking about somebody and complaining about something, right? That's already in the past. It's already gone. And you're talking about it, but what, is happening is you're literally reliving that moment. You're reinforcing the neural network in your brain, those neural connections of that moment, and you're changing the biochemistry in the body. So you're increasing cortisol levels, um, just to tell your friend and complain about, you know, I call this the venting, right? Like you get together with your friends and you're venting. Um, I really encourage people not to do that, right? Like it's, um, you're reliving that moment versus, you know, if you can... um, laugh and smile and do those things, even when you don't feel like it, Mm -hmm. that is one of the things that will really start to change you. Um, another little thing I do is I wake up every morning and I drink a big glass of water. Um, and I sometimes will put some fresh lemon when my lemon trees, uh, given us some good lemons. You have Uh, lemon trees. Oh my (laughs) God.
0: That's amazing.
1: Um, so like (laughs) this, smile in the morning, the drinking the big glass of water. Um, you know, I like to every day either text, call or email someone, um, something positive, like not like personally positive, like, Hey, thanks for this. Or, Hey, I was just thinking about you or, cause you know, the thing is, is we have these thoughts of people in our minds and then we don't really do anything about it. Right. Mm-hmm. The, and we only do something about it. if Oh, maybe we need something or, um, you know, or, oh, we got to get together. We're like, but just like appreciating someone and sending them a message just because like,
0: dude, you popped in my head today. <laughs> like, that's all. Mm-hmm. I've been, yes, I've been really thinking about that and making a conscious effort to do that because there was a post that came up and I posted it on Instagram, but something very subtle, like you have no idea how important you are to people in your life, but nobody says it, right? It's, it's yeah. the way it's a music, it's a song that comes on the radio or it's the way that you, you know, grab the peanut butter and you laugh because you think of a friend, but you don't have the time to ever say like, Hey, I just thought of you. Cause I pulled out the peanut butter. We like have this weird attachment. Like what if it's going to be a big conversation or I don't have time for it, but it's like the best thing ever when you get those texts. And when you get those little reminders, like, oh my gosh, I'm so loved. And so I decided instead of like, you know, thinking of it from the outside saying like, well, how can I personally do that? And so that's been so fun for me to do recently. Yeah. And I
1: mean, technology allows us to do those things like so much faster. Mm -hmm. It's like we don't have the, we shouldn't use any excuse not to.
0: (laughs) Yes. I love it. (laughs) Um,
1: and then like the other thing is, you know, even looking at your food differently, um, and looking at your food as if it's going to heal you, um, instead of thinking, oh, I'm on a diet, forget diet. I hate the word diet, but, um, just, you know, adding, I do this thing called the add in mentality, like the add in method. So eat exactly how you're eating, but then add in two handfuls of spinach in your day add a handful of blueberries every day, add an apple every day, like add these things in without saying, Oh, I'm taking this away. Mm. Uh, That really helped because when I was, you know, Oh, if I just lost the weight, when I was in that mentality, it was like, I was counting every calorie. I was like working out like a crazy person. And, and it was like, I was so obsessed with, you know, what, how many calories I was putting in my body. I wasn't looking at like the quality
0: Like I was eating like lean cuisines
1: because it's just, it (laughs)
0: says a calorie number and then you say, okay, it's healthy.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I started to be like, okay, I'm just going to add in, you know, these healthy elements in my life and just one at a time. Um, I have on the website and people can go and download it for free. It's a, I call it the 52 week add in method. And all you do is it's literally 52 weeks and you just add like something so tiny, like stand up and smile every morning. Mm. That's what you do for the next week. And then week two, maybe you add, okay, I'm going to drink a glass of water. So now you're standing up smiling. Now you're drinking the water Uh, week three, I'm going to, you know, send a compliment to one person, you know, once a week. So now you're standing up, smiling, you're drinking the water, you're complimenting other people. And um, so you're just Having this where you're making these tiny little changes. if um, You get to week 10 and you're like, oh crap, I haven't been drinking my water. Okay, write water back down. You know, start again. It's fine. No big deal. Right. Like it's just trying to be a little better every day um, because we have to be filling ourselves up with the good stuff if you want good stuff to come out. I remember going to uh, the doctor and they're like, you need to learn to love yourself. And I'm like, oh, Okay, like <laughs> obviously, right? But what hit me was how am I supposed to love myself when I'm not doing loving things for myself? When I'm not providing myself with like good nutrition, with exercising because I want to, because I want to be in nature not because, oh my God, I have to go do 60 minutes of cardio and lift all these weights because I have to burn this many calories. Um, Mm. you know, it's, so it's just, you know, filling yourself up with, with what's good and really shifting how you're thinking about things. Um, is what is really what I did. And I did it over a long period of time Um, that took me from this nasty place I was in to where I'm at now. And the beauty with Happy Whole You and these brick and mortar locations is I can literally help people start to change the way their brain is functioning um, within 10, 21, 28 day programs. And it's, it's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. I love what you said. It's basically the quote in your book says it is not only one thing you do, but rather a combination of little things you will do over time that will help improve your overall mindfulness and your life. So that's everything you said. It's just these little add-ins that really make the biggest difference.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting. So some people, I always tell them, um, you know, if, like people come and say, Oh, I want to lose weight. And I tell them if you just want to lose weight, I'm not the person to help you, (laughs) Yeah, which is a good thing to say because it's so much more than that. Right. Yes. I mean, and, and we have to like, I think it's so important as, um, health professionals. Um, as you know, you probably do counseling and you help people be more active and then you do the nutrition piece and, you know, there's, there's all these elements, um, that go along with it, you know, and you know, I'll get people that are like, Oh, can, um, can you send me some like eating diet plan, you know, and you know, like a, a four week plan. I'm like, listen, let's start with this. Let's start with you drinking half your weight in ounces of water every day. Let's start with you adding in three vegetables every day. Um, let's start with you getting the sleep that you need, um, and, you know, trying to not eat fast food and we'll start with those and then we'll move forward.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I re- yeah. Cause I recently, you know, it's so overwhelming because there's lots of people learning about the stress levels involved in weight loss and, mm-hmm. um, cortisol involved in weight loss, right? So the adrenal repair program that I run, it's so hard to get people to realize that less is more because we're so used to running our body down and being exhausted after a workout in order for it to be successful. And, and so it's this combination of, I want to heal, but I also really want to lose weight. So it's understanding, can you right now, that answer is saying that you are putting weight loss before healing and healing Mm -hmm. will trickle down into the weight loss you are looking for if you put that as your forefront. So, yes. So important. Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) I know I always tell people, I say weight loss is a side effect of what I do. If you like that side effect, then, then I'm the person for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think it's great. I think, uh, with the, I mean, your quote is just, you have so many good quotes in here, so I'm going to read this one too, but from Swami Sivananda, um, put your heart, mind, and soul into even your smallest acts. This is the Mm -hmm. secret to success. Like being so proud of the littlest things that you do, adding the spinach, you know, putting on the shoes in your bag so that you can go after work, like being proud of those moments, those predictable moments is just so important. I love that. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to pivot a little bit. So we kind of talked about, you know, the self-talk that we have. And I just have a personal question. I think so many people are kind of learning and growing in this space of, okay, self-care, it's so much more than just taking a bubble bath. It's really taking care of myself before it's too late. Um, For somebody that, you know, we have a four-tier approach for you, happy whole you, relationships, health, finances, and hobbies. And I'm very curious for hobbies for anybody that's like, I don't have time for hobbies. I don't even know what I like. There's nothing that I like that doesn't involve working out. Uh, do you have a way to address that for people that are like, okay, I need to take care of myself and need to make time for myself, but I don't even know where to begin.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it's actually combining, um, what you already have going. So like for like my family is really important to me. Um, but I also include my family in a lot of the stuff I do with Happy For You. And so it's like carving out, like first you have to find like, what is the, what are your top priorities? What are you, what's most important to you? Um, And then going from there and seeing how you can weave in um, the things that you enjoy with what you're doing. And I mean, maybe this is like really easy for for myself because, I mean, I remember I saw my first exercise video in third grade in Chicago and I thought, oh my gosh, I want to jump around and make people feel healthy and feel good like that. And that's what I've been able to do is, you know, work with people on, you know, feeling amazing. Um, And so my hobbies really are like running and rollerblading and playing basketball and, um, you know, doing those activities Um, Also, I guess, you know, I like to read. So that's a hobby of mine. Um, And so sometimes the kids will jump in bed with me and we'll all um, read together. (laughs)
0: Like they're reading their books and I'm reading my book. Or even Um, better, you could do Harry Potter together. (laughs) (laughs) which is my favorite book in the world. Um, I love it. Well, and I just think it's like when people feel stuck, like, right. It's we, there's people that love fitness and that's, they're lucky, right? They are the people that love to go to the gym. And so it's easier to mm-hmm. make that a healthy habit and a healthy hobby. So I think it's the people, you know, when you're looking at controlling stress levels uh, for me, I think it's just looking at what you like to do when you're a kid again, you know, like kind of like yeah, you mentioned, oh, for sure. what were the things that you really enjoyed that weren't just physical activity maybe. And that's just a tough question for so many people, like getting into painting when you're 30 or getting into singing and learning a new language. Right. But I do think that there is, you know, trying more and more things will always help you find that direction.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, one of the things that I like love doing that Mm -hmm. I, you know, when I was a kid was we had a giant trampoline in my backyard and now they have like these places where it's like the whole facility is all trampolines, and so mm-hmm. I just love going with my kids and like just jumping around. Those you know, so fun. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so it's a workout and it's fun. I'm with my kids. It's just, um, yeah. Any females out there that have had children, um, you know, you just gotta. Kind of doesn't feel as great when you're jumping around after you've had kids, but you know,
0: mm-hmm. no, it's you good. make it work and it's fun. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the concept of slow down to go fast. Oh gosh. So this is like
1: one that like the universe has like literally punched me in the face with. um, Because like, you know, I, I get these ideas, I get caught up in things and I just like, go, go, go. Like, I think you had said like, you know you feel it you do it mentality type of thing mm-hmm. and sometimes like you really need to like slow down and really evaluate um to go to to yeah to move to to the next level um like for example the when i wrote this book um i had always said i wanted to i was always going to write a book and the book was always going to be for my children because ever since i was really young for whatever reason, I never felt that I was good enough. And I'm like, okay, is this something that I was born with? Or is this something that, you know, has happened to me, um, because of being bullied or things like that. Right. So, um, I wanted to write this book for my kids, um, to share with them how I've been able to come out of, you know, the challenges, um, in my life, Um, because if it was something that I was born with, then, Hey, here's some things I did to get out of it. If it was something that happened to me, Hey, here's some things to get, get out of this, um, this dark place. Um, so, you know, it was, that book was always in my mind. It was always in my head, but it wasn't until, um, I got injured and I literally had to take over a year and a half off from, uh, running that I finally sat down to write the book. So instead of waking up and going running every morning, I started writing, um, I and that, that was kind of that's kind of one of those like you know it was the universe forced me to slow down. Um, so the other thing is, there's been other times like you know that that bad things you know have happened, but instead of looking at bad things, like I literally look at them as times that I was needing to slow down and going through whatever that was. I actually came out better on the other side and I'm like light years ahead of where I would have been if I hadn't gone through that. So that's kind of my slow down to go fast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, the world can kind of punch you in the face, but instead of um, like, I use this thing, it's called flip it where I flip like words and things in my head. So like, you know, when you think, oh, it's hard right? Like this is so hard and you keep focusing on the word hard. Instead of using the word hard, you flip it to it's happening. Mm -hmm. Like this is happening because, um, you know, it's like, once you flip that in your mind to the more positive to, um, I feel like they're more like freeing words. Um, you can go so much faster, Mm -hmm. but you're going to get that slow down. It's, you know, that little punch in the face every now and again, Um, and just recognize it for what it is and the fact that you do need to slow down um, to be able to come out faster on the other side
0: for whatever it is in your life. I love that that flip it, that reframe is just Mm -hmm. really powerful because it ties back into the venting, right? When we vent and yeah. we feel like we're just letting it out and we're letting off steam and oh, we just need someone to hear us out and communicate, which I agree. I think there is something to be said about making sure people understand your yeah. feelings and expressing feelings. But what I found, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier about we just vent like like it's our job, right? Right. Yeah. It's me we there was like a somebody was saying that. 80% of social media is just me forming somebody saying mm-hmm. me 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 this is what i'm going through me 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 and only 20% exist to inform and to teach and to kind of educate and i thought that was so ins- that's staggering because as much as we want to share our life it, it is reprogramming the pathways that this is hard this is this is a struggle. I, woe is me. I'm a victim. You know, it's just this repetitive mindset that we get into. Um, you have a spot in your book about social media. What are some ways that you've helped, you know, owning a business and, you know, especially as your kids grow up and seeing them in this world, what are ways that you help people deal with the pressures of social media, but also the negative side effects that come with being on social media?
1: Oh yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so one of the things is I only post positive things. (laughs) Like that's all I'm posting is positive. Um, and I only follow people that post positive. If there's negative stuff going up, I will unfollow. Um, because I don't want my newsfeed fed with, with that negative mentality and that those, you know, that negative mindset. Um, And then I do like social media detoxes where I do not use social media for like a weekend um, because it's just good for us. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Yeah, like Saturday, this past Saturday, I went to this mindset experience and um, I just left my phone in in my bag the whole time. Like I did not get it out. Um, I didn't even like, I didn't get it out to take pictures with people. I didn't get it out to, you know, Instagram or Snapchat, what I was doing. Oh, here I am developing myself, anything. I just like totally was intentional with my day and what I wanted to accomplish and learn from other people. And, um, I think it's just important that we turn it off. Um, it's a, it's a great tool and it can be very helpful, but it can be very destructive at the same time. Um, you know, a few years back, I, I mean, I found myself following people and being like, "Oh my gosh, like I got to do more. Why am I not doing this?" Like, I, you know, I and I, and I was like, "Oh my gosh," I recognized that that not feeling good enough was adding up even faster, mm-hmm. because it's just like you're seeing all these snapshots of people's lives that are just it's what they want you to see. I mean, it's not. You know, it's it's nothing else. It's just what they want you to see. And then we gotta remember, like, you know, we all have our junk and we have things that happen, like, you know, and it's like I'm not gonna record when I snap at one of my kids and I'm like, Oh my gosh, why did I just do that? Right? Like I mean it's like but it it happens like when we have guilt for, you know, whatever we're doing, um, you know, we're we're not like posting so much about that. Um so it is it's just i think we just need to recognize social media for what it is it can be a tool um i think some people recognize social media as life like real life and um it's it's not it's it's a tool and i think we just have to you know, be mindful. Um, you know, and like with my kids, like I'll show them stuff on social media, they love seeing like little videos of other kids and, um, then their cousins, you know, because my family's all in Michigan and I'm out here in California. And, um, so, you know, we use social media as a tool, um, but, you know, my kids are really getting into like watching YouTube and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like slow down, you know, like this, this makes me nervous. So I just think it's something we just always need to be evaluating and, um, and being
0: mindful of and unfollow and follow the people you want to fill you up ultimately. I love that. I, th- uh, there was a panel I was on a long time ago at Paleo FX and I thought it was interesting because I have seen, I love that advice because it's coming from a very authentic place. Right. And what I have seen is so many times people utilize that unfollow button as a way to allow them to not, uh, get uncomfortable. And so Mm -hmm. the the flip side of it, it's kind of this, if we only see what we want to see, I mean, there's a reason that there is, there's a investigation on Facebook with how our president was elected. Right. Yeah. We are, so constantly put in places that we only want to see what we have to see. And I think it's perfect when you say it the way you did about what message does this give you? Does it make you feel good? But don't be afraid to inner, like be really analytical in some ways about, well, why does it make me feel bad? Is it because... I don't feel like I'm doing enough. And is that just my own insecurity? Is that my own issue? And if that's the case, then it's sometimes just time off of social media period, like you said, those detoxes, because there's nothing, you know, there's, no way that you're going to ever feel good if you deep down just don't feel good. Right. No, but people will trigger you and you'll see those mirror images, but it really is that root issue of you clearly feel that we aren't putting enough effort into it when that's not the case. It's just how we're being surrounded by constant action, constant doing. So yeah, I think it's such a big, important topic. I, I recently did a post about, um, So like screen time, like if you have anxiety, like get the F off your, off your phone and find people like when you are the most anxious, when you have the worst days, check your screen time, check how many hours you were on your phone, because it's, I think it's just so connected. There's not anxiety as much anxiety when there's not as much screen time. There's just no way around it. Mm -hmm. I love it. So talking about taking control kind of the, towards the end of the book, I am just in love with this quote. I think it's one of my favorite quotes by John Lennon about the two basic motivating forces, right? We have fear and we have love. Mm -hmm. So much of us live from fear. We, we are doing the diet, the workout program, the challenge because we fear getting X, Y, Z, or we fear not being the best parents, or we fear, you know, not being able to fit in our skinny jeans anymore. And I think it's the hardest A cycle to break because we live in a society of fear. What are Mm -hmm. ways that we can really change that language? What have you found helpful for yourself or with your clients about helping people see how permeated we are with fear, how surrounded we are by our choices being driven from a place of fear and not from a place of love, abundance and creativity and expression?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, thing about is we're going against biology with that, right? Because, you know, back in the day, we would run away from dangerous animals and sleep on the ground. And so there's like that <laughs> biology that's within us to, you know, be, make ourselves feel safe, right? And don't try too hard and just be comfortable for where you're at. Um, and we've really evolved past that to where when we start thinking about, oh, maybe I could do this or, oh, I should do that. Um, and it comes from a place of excitement. Um, a lot of times it's met by fear right away, right? Because that's, again, you're stepping outside of that comfort and our bodies are like, oh, let's protect you. Um, you know, and so that fear steps in and it slows you down. Uh, it's, it's like crazy. It's like, if we took away fear, like it would be crazy at like what people would be accomplishing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's a way for like the universe to like keep us tame a little bit. I don't know. But, um, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So what's interesting. Cause like, I love like the brain and how the brain functions is, um, like, I think it's Joe Dispenza I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he's always talking about how like your mind is always in the future. Um, and the way we think is always in the future. And then what our brain is like you know, really fast right here, right now. Um, so like, okay, so here's a little exercise and bear with me as I try to explore this. But, um, so if I told you not to think of Donald Trump, (laughs) you, what did you do? Yeah, totally. Yes. It's like, did you totally see his face? Yeah. yeah, Or pictured him or something. Right. Because That is like how fast our brains work when we don't want to think something, we still envision it in that like 150 millisecond, right? Like we still envision it, which is crazy. So like, um, like I'm working right now on, I have a couple tests coming up for some things I'm working on. And the thing is, is if I were to think about, oh gosh, what if I fail this test? Like we may think it's only a thought. But it's literally a vision. And usually we are we, we find and we're attracted to the vision that we're, you know, or the thoughts and the visions that, were strong, that are strongest in our head. Yeah. Versus thinking, I will pass this test, period. The end. That's like exactly what I'm thinking like from the get is I will pass this test. So to get over the, the fear, um, I just constantly, and I think it kind of goes back to that flip it, is I just constantly go back to envisioning it working out. What's going to be good? What's going to like the good that's going to come from it? Because the reality is, is the fear is just a story we're making up in our head. It's not even real. So if we're going to envision something, why I envision something that We might as well envision the good part in the future, right? Versus envisioning the fear for the future. Because either way, our brains, we're going to be envisioning something. We're going to be seeing something. So why allow it to be fearful? Because that fear is, it's literally, it's just a fear. It's not real. It's just the, the story. It's not happening, you know? And that's one of the things when I work with clients is, you know, it's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then they explain it and they say it out loud and then they laugh at themselves a lot of times. It's like, well, is that really going to happen? Well, no. So then if you even go back to that vision of fear, when you think about it, it's so ridiculous that is, that's probably not going to (laughs) happen, you know? So it's like, why fill it, fill our heads up with that? Uh, It's not going to serve us. Um, And so that's one of the things that has allowed me to actually grow um, exponentially over the last, last, like four to five years is literally changing that because fear has never served me in my past. And so like going to that fear mentality, um, that scarce mentality, like, it's like, I know better because I've, I've witnessed from the other side of always looking at the positive, always looking at the abundance. And, you know, I have all my needs are met right now. And, um, having that type of mindset that it's like, Oh my gosh, it's crazy how like the Things just start coming at you, right? Like, mm-hmm. but what's what's crazy is like we attract what what we want. We attract uh, how we are. We're attracting, you know, other people and things to us. So again, if you're living in that fear mindset, you're going to attract fear. You're going to attract those negative things to you, versus coming from a space of you know attracting abundance and um, having gratitude and, and things like that. So. It really just, I think it comes back to that choice because biologically, we're always going to have that, um, that fear that can tug at us, but we have that power of choice. It's a beautiful thing about humans. Um, and when we use that power of choice uh, to serve us, we grow so much faster and,
0: um, into happier beings as well. I love that. It's so true. It's like if you just started your own business and you are fearing and fearing and fearing, you're gonna get those clients that maybe don't make the payments, right? Or maybe don't yeah. have the belief in you that you need to grow. And I think it's just it's a constant battle uh, for you, kind of closing out for your goals in the future, but also for somebody that's looking at starting their own business or they are kind of in this space of health and wellness or they are you know, looking to become maybe their own boss. I think I've seen so many questions of that recently that I just want to address this as somebody that you have your own locations in a book and keeping in mind this whole fear, fear, fear and how we are just taught to think, but it's mm-hmm. the complete opposite in order to grow, how like what advice would you give to somebody that's going into that direction?
1: Well the one of the most important things is that you surround yourself with people that will challenge you and that will help you. I mean, that's one of the things is not expecting to do it all on your own. Um, Because I think a lot of times we think, Oh, I could just do this on my own. It'd be a lot faster. I'll get it done a lot quicker. Um, So surrounding yourself with the right people Um, also reflecting on where your intentions are. Why do you want to start that business? You know, who is that business going to help? Um, is there a need for that business? Um, and making sure that you're truly passionate about about you know what you're doing. Um, you know, one of the things is like if you're just doing it to you know make some money, then that's probably not the best thing. I mean, I think people when they own their own business, they really have to be passionate about it because it is tough. <laughs> you know, um, with everything out there, but it makes it so much easier when like you are very, very passionate and you love what you're doing and what you're providing for, for the world. Um, so that's really, really important. Um, and then just getting clear on your vision and what you truly want, um, and making sure that you set up systems in place um that will feed that vision. Um, because I think a lot of times we can have all these great grand ideas, but we really have to get it down on paper. We have to draw the the systems and how it's gonna work. Um and you know that sometimes that can be like the the hard thing for for some people is they have all these great visions and these great ideas and then it's like, oh my gosh, how do I execute this? Right. And that's where you know, you can get a business coach or you can, um, you get the good people around you to, to help you. Um, and again, be okay with, okay, I don't have to do it all. Um, but definitely got to have the right intentions and give yourself time. I mean, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, you know, like it's, I think a lot of times people don't give themselves enough time and enough, um, grace. And I don't know if, You know who said it, but they say, oh yeah, people underestimate what, what they, um, or overestimate what they can do in like a year, but underestimate what they can do in a decade. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you what that is like, so incredibly true. (laughs) Um, and the older I get, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, like, think about it when you were 20 to now you're 30. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. And, and just taking things bite size, you know, just a little bit every day over time. Um, you know, I have people, they, they're like, Anna, you want to change the world today? Calm down, slow down. <laughs> it's like, I know I wanted to change the world yesterday.
0: <laughs> I know. But, so, um, so fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, but yeah, it just, it, it definitely, you know, having your vision and, and you got to write it out. You got to get this, there's such power in writing and, um, Putting things down on paper. Um,
0: you know, that that's
1: really, really important to do.
0: <laughs> okay, Anna Marie, Frank, thank you for coming on. Outside of going to you.com. is there any other place that people can find you? Uh yeah, so just at, at happy Whole you um on Facebook and
1: on Instagram, um, yeah, those are the areas that they can,
0: they can find me and the rest of my team. I love it. Thank you again for being on the show. I know this is going to be really helpful and so relevant to New Year's resolutions and getting to the root of why we always kind of come back to that same place. So thank you again. Yes. Thank you. This is awesome.